This is Rock and Roll Radio. Come on, let's rock and roll with the Ramones. Hey, this is Marky Ramon here. You're listening to Play That Rock and Roll with Joe K. I want you to enjoy every minute of it and keep rocking with Joe. This is Rock and Roll Radio. Stay tuned for more rock and roll. This is not a test. This is Play That Rock and Roll Podcast Edition. I'm your host, Joseph K., and like the song at the start says, just call me Joe. We're doing something a little different today. When I started this show, I wanted to be able to incorporate some of the various products that some of our favorite rock stars have endorsed or gotten involved with over the years, particularly alcohol products, spirits, and beers. At the top of my list of those was Heaven's Door, which is a series of whiskeys put out by a distillery that partnered with none other than Bob Dylan. Now, to help me do this, I invited my friend Chris to join me on the show. Chris loves Bob Dylan and whiskey, come to think of it, more than anyone else I know, which made him a perfect guest for what we're doing today. So in the hour you're about to listen to, Chris and I sample the whiskey and then proceed to talk about the one and only Bob Dylan. We talk about Bob's songwriting, his vocal stylings, and his relationship to both classic rock and folk. And we cover some of the funnier aspects of the man's career, of which there are several. And of course, we share our experiences of seeing Bob in concert. Now, Chris has the good sense to stay off social media and really doesn't have an online presence, so if you have any comments for him, you'll have to direct those to me in the comments below. So, without further ado, here's my friend Chris and I sampling Heaven's Door Double Barrel Whiskey and talking about Bob Dylan. Knock, knock, knocking on Heaven's Door What we're doing today is trying out Bob Dylan's Heaven's Door Double Barrel Whiskey, which is a bourbon, if I'm not mistaken. So, I'm going to give you this bottle to look over while I read a little section from the tag. Heaven's Door is an award-winning collection of handcrafted American whiskeys co-created with Bob Dylan. This perfect blend of art and craft. Each bottle of Heaven's Door showcases Dylan's distinctive welded iron gates that he created in his studio, Black Buffalo Ironworks. So, this dude is into ironworking. Did you know that? Not before reading a little bit about the uh, the whiskey. Okay. Yeah, I had no idea. It, it seems like a... Uh... I got friends who are into woodworking, but ironworking, I guess, when, like... You have the royalties coming in that Bob has. You can afford a. Well, <laughs> and when you look when you look at Dylan, especially now, and like you look at his like his, like how muscled he is, oh. <laughs> you really get a good oh, sense yes. of like that. That's an iron worker, yep, right there. He man, right there. <laughs> look at him. Look at this this muscle bound freak. Look at that. Reading a book. What all, all of eighty, right? Yeah. <laughs> or, and just, uh, I think he is eighty now. Is he eighty? Yeah. 
I could be wrong. It is a slick model. I will say the presentation is really good. I think I like it. I do too. Uh, this is the sort of thing that, like, at some day I'm going to have a basement bar, and I'm always going to have a bottle of this behind me because, like, unlike a lot of liquor bottles, this actually looks pretty cool. Yeah. But presentation only goes so far. And I will say I don't read into the Appalachian or not. I don't. I don't think it actually qualifies as a bourbon. Really? This particular one, the double barrel. I don't think it does. Okay. I think partly because it's double barrel, but also there's no um, there's no age statement, and there's also no. Uh, it's, it says it's a triple blend. It's blended. I, I don't think it's. It yeah. Mean, that doesn't mean it's bad. Okay. So with yeah, because with bourbon, so I gotta preface this a little bit. I had a previous bourbon discussion with Steve Palak. And he said there are certain rules, like bourbon is determined by following a certain set of rules. Bourbon by its rule has to be made in America. And it has to be aged in a brand new charred oak barrel. And I couldn't tell you the exact mash bill what it needs to be. There needs to be, I think, like something like a 60% corn. I would say yeah. greater, greater than 50, certainly. More rules, 51% corn. This well, doesn't let's say... Break, let's crack it open. doesn't say bourbon I know they make anywhere. A, I know they make a bourbon. Okay. Bottled by Heaven's Door Spirits, Columbia, Tennessee. No mention of bourbon on here. So I'm guessing this is just a whiskey. Uh, and I'm going to quote our boy here. We wanted to create a collection of American whiskeys that tell their own story. Oh, I didn't even do it right. All right, <laughs> stretch everyone, that part. Everyone does a good Dylan. Oh, yeah, everyone. very original. <laughs> <laughs> Here is the ASMR section of the video. Oh, that's lovely. Just giving you the mukbang. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Oh, oh, wow! I can smell that. You poured a lot for yourself. Buddy. Yeah. Oh, that's going to last me the whole time, probably beyond what we're doing. Okay, awesome. That's a good finger. Yeah. That's solid. Oh, dang. All right. So what's, okay, so if this isn't and, bourbon, and also cologne. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> so while we're talking about whiskey here, what are your favorite whiskeys? What are we stacking this up against? So, like, for, bur for bourbons, I mean, I, I really, I like Buffalo Trace a lot. Mm. Um, uh, Steve Ballack mentioned that one. Yeah, it's a good one. Uh, my kind of my, my go to uh, of like a decent one is going to be um, I, I like Wild Turkey a lot. Okay, and not because McConaughey reps for it. Uh, I just like Wild right. Turkey. <laughs> I also like uh, Lincoln Cars, not just because McConaughey reps right. for him. So it's good. <laughs> I'm trying to think, I like. I, and honestly, my my, my 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 standby, the one that I get frequently, is. Um, Evan Williams for just cheap. <laughs> you you're laughing. I will tell you right now that there is not a single better liquor that you can purchase for the money. For the money, right? Well, okay. I've seen reviews where they put that up against people. They do blind reviews, and it okay. plays exceptionally well. That's um, I think Heaven Hill makes that. It's a it's a fantastic whiskey. It really is. It's on the Bourbon Trail and everything. It's a okay. It's a okay. All right. So, uh, do you you were telling me before we started, you like Scotch? Is that your favorite? Yeah, like, so bourbon is definitely, I like bourbon, yeah. I like bourbon a lot. It's kind of my go-to because it's cheaper. Frankly, you get a better quality bourbon for the money, for sure, than you can get a good quality scotch. Okay. Um, but yeah, I do I do like scotch a lot. I like uh, Laphroaig, Lagavulin, I like the, the, the Islays or Islays, or whatever you want to call them. They, okay. Have you ever had, uh, I'm sure you've had uh, Johnny Walker Black. I like, I, like, I like Walker Black. That's okay. a blend. So like I, the other one that I said were, are single malts. That's a Walker Black is a blend, but it's a it's a an Islay heavy blend. So you get that smoke, 
iodine. I was gonna say to me like a nice scotch is like it's like basically like somebody threw like the medicine cabinet into a fire on the beach. <laughs> like it's got this just a good scotch is like I'm taking your like, it's like a, it's like a stinky cheese. It's like I'm uh. taking your word that this is something I can actually consume. <laughs> That's, that is a great way to put it. Okay. Yeah. I, I've i only ever heard... Uh, I, I don't, I've had scotch, but I don't... I'm not... I can't really speak to it, but... Uh, and I'm going to make some of my listeners cringe. When he was alive, I liked Christopher Hitchens, and he always said that Johnny Walker Black was the best, not just scotch, but all whiskeys. Johnny Walker Black. Breakfast of champions. Except no... <laughs> except no substitutes. If it's good enough for the bath party. Right. <laughs> the best blended scotch in the history of the world, which was also the favorite drink of the Iraqi bath party, um, as it is still of the Palestinian Authority and the Libyan dictatorship and m- large branches of the Saudi Arabian royal family, Johnny Walker Black. Last thing before we start here, I want to give a shout out. I've mentioned him already. Uh, had Steve Palak on the show earlier, he was telling me about bourbon, and uh, he was saying that if you're new to bourbon, or I guess any whiskey this has to apply to, as I largely am, because I've never really drank it without it being a shot, he suggested that you f- do something called the Kentucky Chew. Have you ever heard of that? There's something called the Kentucky Chew that everyone should know and do before they try a bourbon or even after years of drinking it have. And that is you take a little sip, a little sip, keep it in your mouth and chew it. Keep it there for about 10 seconds, move it around and then swallow it. Because at that point, you still haven't tasted bourbon. You are inundated with the taste of alcohol and your mouth cannot process any other taste. It's slapped in the face by that alcohol. After you do that chew, the next sip that you take will be the first time you're tasting that bourbon. I've never heard it called the Kentucky Chew. Okay. I like that. Oh, yeah. I like that a lot. (laughs) Um, I I think it makes sense because, especially if you're coming into it, I mean, I'm drinking a Miller Lite. Um, (laughs) Especially if you're coming into it with, like, other food on your your breath or just whatever, that's going to go a long way to probably kind of – it even like the alcohol itself desensitize maybe a little bit, bring you down to the base level and kind of get you ready for. Uh, it's like dipping your foot into the uh, the pool. Oh, okay. Before you actually take the plunge. Excellent, excellent. All right, All right well, cheers. Cheers, man. To Bob. Okay. So up front. Did, um, the, did the Kentucky chew? Me too. You're okay. Don't worry about it. You're... Oh, boy. So I'm going to put this on the internet <laughs> of me making these faces. It's and good. this is like a point of pride of, that I am a total bitch. When so this is 100 proof, right? So it hides its alcohol pretty well, actually, despite Joe's reaction. Yeah. It does hide its alcohol pretty well, but it's there. It's That's that's not... It ain't jet fuel. I mentioned you know, turkey. It, 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 it's about the same kind of bite as turkey, 101. So it's just okay. 100 proof, all, like roughly 100 proof also. I gotta say, I feel it a lot more. Like, this going down stuff. a lot more than anything else I've had. But it's probably the fact that I'm just drinking, you know, 
and so whiskey neat here more than anything. The only else. thing that worries me about it, and I don't think it is, I think it's from the double bear. I think it's from the second. You want to take a sip from the bottle, feel free. No, I'm not going to do that. I just smell it from the bottle. I, it's This almost has, and I think it's probably maybe from the the second barreling in the the new oak, I think they're using. It has a very pronounced caramel, almost toffee flavor. Do you smell that? Almost like caramel, like a caramel or toffee, toffee almost. My <laughs> like I smell booze. Yeah, Chris. right. Yeah, my, <laughs> my well, this this is this is what I've just learned in my life. Like my uh, flavor and my senses here, my receptors are not very sharp when it comes to noticing the differences or even the the flavors that are listed on the label of a beer or it's good. a whiskey or like that. I'm gonna open it. I might. I'm gonna take another sip. I might throw a little bit of water in there just to open it up. Yeah, I was just gonna say, like, is that? Mm-hmm. Mm. That's something we can do because uh, good. It's help you out a lot. It's gonna open it up, kill some of that real sharp alcohol. Right. Because what happens is, yeah. is I as I throw it back, it feels like it's opening up the back of my throat. <laughs> I'm gonna pour down the back of my it's neck good. or something. Yeah. You need that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I just. Uh, don't drink liquors neat very often. I don't either. Yeah. Even my, even I'll be honest. I usually will when I get a, if I get a new scotch, I don't know. Yeah. The people that this people thought people were angry because you were saying that you didn't know about things. I know that you're not supposed to do single malt scotch on the rocks. Oh, water does not cut that. <laughs> and I frequently do single malt scotch on the rocks. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's just what I I like. I think I would too <laughs> because I'm used to cold drinks and like I, I think what's throwing so me off. Good. Yeah. Well. Yeah. There you do. Um, no, I, uh, just what I like. Okay, okay. Drink what you like, right? I mean, yeah, like, absolutely. I usually try it neat first, so I can get the full, which I add a little water. Which I did not do today, which Are means... Are you getting this angle? Like, do we, like, later on in the, if you, if you edit out me spilling... No, you oh, good. see. Yeah, you're fine. They edit, you edit out me spilling, the nervous. <laughs> He's really nervous. Well, that's the fun thing about <laughs> editing, is there's a lot of things I can do with it. Pantheon Podcast listeners, Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once, new quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode, available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. So okay, let me uh, let me uh, uh, read just a little bit. So this is the double barrel whiskey. For the record, it's better with a little bit of water. 
It is okay. I think so. Com- That's comprised of a unique blend of three different whiskeys. Our double barrel finishing process utilizes hand toasted new American oak barrels for a secondary aging worthy of another year's wait. Double barrels higher proof balances perfectly with the complexity of its flavor with notes of caramel, oak, citrus, and spice. Sort of what you notice. I get no citrus from this at all. No citrus. Let me try it again. Uh, everything else. For yeah. the citrus. Spice, caramel, yes, everything okay. else. Okay. Okay, then you know what I say to Bob about the uh, the citrus claim? You're a liar! <laughs> Jesus. You're a liar! Yes! I did not think I'd be able to, to reference, uh, was that No Direction Home? Right? That's what that's from? That is, that is No Direction Home. I don't believe you! I don't believe you. Okay, so... so is that the Monterey Pop? Was that when he went electric? Yeah, when he went electric yeah. and they called him Judas. Yeah. Judas! What a weird... I know. What a to weird care, To thing. care that much about a genre. Yeah. Not even about like a musician or like, like, but like about a specific genre. He's changed from what he was. He's not the same as what he was at first. I don't even recognize him. No. <laughs> about a year ago, I saw him here in Sheffield at the City Hall and I thought he was magnificent. And, you know, I thought he just couldn't improve if he tried. Then the next thing that happened was he went really commercial with this backing group. And I didn't like that very much. I think it's a bad thing. I think he's... I think he's prostituting himself. That's your sick listening to this rubbish now. I feel like the the view was like he was selling. It wasn't the, the genre. Wasn't that, it wasn't that he was going into rock. It's yeah. that rock and pop were becoming dominant at that time already. And so for these folk ads, it was like you're leaving you, us, man, right? Yeah, you're going like, in. You're going yeah. in the thing. I think that's the closest analogy. Mm. It's not like, but but of course, then from our viewpoint now, it's like that idiom of folk. It's kind of lame. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't listen to any of his contemporaries from that folk scene. You know? I do, but I know okay. I'm a nerd for listening. Okay, to it. sure. Yeah, like Peter Paul Mary. Peter Paul Mary a little bit. Okay. They got, yeah, so their later stuff's fun. The yuppie, yuppies in the sky. It's okay. Fun, it's a fun song. Anyways. To put a bow on the bourbon discussion, is this something that you would see yourself buying if you were in the I keep saying bourbon. This isn't bourbon. As far as the whiskey perspective here, I, is this something you could see yourself buying in the future, or are you going to go buy your old standbys? It drink, first of all, it drinks a lot like a bourbon. I think oh, they okay. just can't call it a bourbon because I don't think it has. I think I think you need an age statement for a bourbon. I could be wrong on that. But you definitely, I think it... it um, God, yeah, I have a hard time. The mash bill has to be, I think, a certain amount. I don't know if this meets that. It, but it drinks a lot like a bourbon. The sweetness is there. The okay. Thing. I think the fact that also they age it, again, in new oak. Okay. Because bourbon has to be aged in um, charred oak. First use charred oak barrels. So I think there's just stuff that makes it so they can't call it bourbon. It drinks like a bourbon. Okay, okay. Um, I would drink it again, absolutely. And I think it's worth every bit of the, the, the price. Good. Um, I would say on like a scale of 1 to 10, B+. Plus. Hear that, Bob? B plus from us. <laughs> why do you think he got into this? What is, of all things? Why do you think Dylan got into to whiskey? I mean, a lot of rock and roll stars, a lot of celebrities get into the alcohol market. Do you think he's a big whiskey drinker? But I mean, he doesn't tend to lend his name to stuff. Well, 
And also, he's not. Like, I feel like he's not lending his name specifically. To, like he is lending oh. his name, but he was he was instrumental in the creation of this. Correct. Thing. Absolutely. Like, he did the correct. initial copyright. I think on like he's, he actually like copyrighted like the idea of like bootleg whiskey. He called it. Oh, they're, they're coming out like a bootleg series. I did a little bit of research. On yeah, that. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, 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 I misspoke. He is. He's not just licensing. He's very involved in this, and that's why I'm asking. For sure, I do think he's he's been very careful about his the way in which he. And I think he like at a press conference in like the six, like the early sixties, mid sixties. I think he made a statement something that like he they asked him like, would you ever let your music be used to like sell something? And his response was like, women's underwear. Right. We're going to sell out to a commercial interest. Which one would you choose? <laughs> Bob had um, ladies' garments. <laughs> he definitely said women's underwear. Right. I know when, like, and people were like, how inconsistent that is. Back in like 2003 when he did the Victoria's Secret, I'm like, no. Just don't know what to do. years back consistent that, with that is, that, do. that was truly playing the long game for him <laughs> and I, I wonder I wonder if he only really agreed to it if he could have just like was allowed to hang out on set with all the models <laughs> you're more I think you're more convinced that there's a creeper vibe from Dylan no no I, I am I'm, I'm not his is he married oh god he has been has been married and I don't I think, think he, he was is. married to. He was married to. I think he was married to Jacob Dylan's mom, okay. which is who um, this bad boy. Oh God, I'm bad I'm like blood on the tracks. Blood on the tracks. Is, uh, I remember reading a story. He toured with Mavis Staples a few years ago, and the story was that he actually hung out with her a little bit, like once after a show. Because the story about him is that whenever he goes on tour with these other bands, he's nowhere to be seen. Like, they, they he does not hang. You know, I think it was My Morning Jacket that, like, agreed to tour with him oh. specifically to meet him. And they never met him. And they were just like, yeah, I don't even know why we did this. <laughs> you, know did, you know who did meet him on a tour, though? We talked about this. That's the tour I was talking with you the other day that will go. Oh, okay. Yeah, Tweety talked about that. He, not frequently, but did have some opportunities to, to do some stuff with Dylan and to play a little bit of music with him. Okay, okay. Um, could be because Jeff Tweedy's amazing. My morning jacket's... Uh, <laughs> okay. Good, good man. I like my Yeah, but, but one of the stories was Mavis Staples toured with him, and she did get to spend some time with him, and she talked about, like, how, you know, if a couple of things fell different ways, they might have ended up married back in, like, the 60s or 70s. There was obviously some sort okay. of, you know, mutual attraction there. and Like, she talked about, you know, cooking him dinner, and, like, it was, like, really sweet, but... You know, I don't. You know, I think whatever opportunity for them to get together has passed. But it would, well, it would make me think like, has he been has he been unmarried this whole time? Yeah, he was married. I think at least once. I think he's been okay. married a couple times. All right. I know he was married. I, I'm, I'm, I shouldn't say. I could look it up. Fairly, but... I look to you for like the knowledge stuff. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I feel my way through. Right. I don't think my way through. Um, there's a general impression I think that he's kind of difficult. Yeah. And I think it's. I think to some extent it's true. I don't think it's based on. Like, he honestly thinks himself better than anyone else or anything like that. I, I think at heart he's, like, a Midwestern guy. I really do believe mm. that. I think he gets lumped in with sort of this, like, sort of intellectual, you know, Greenwich Village 60s thing, and it's stuck with him. I see him more as just a dude from rural Minnesota. 
who's a gen who I've always like, and I think he uses some of these things to kind of protect himself and insulate himself from like uh, having to deal with uh, uh, what would otherwise be, I think, like excruciating fame. Oh, oh, sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's not it's not unreasonable to believe that he is a genuine introvert mm-hmm. and like shies away from this stuff. But that generation that came up with him in the '60s has. God made him into this like sure. you know untouchable hero. I mean, like I was gonna ask you know just to you know one of the jokes I like to make is that like the 2010s are, are really post 2000 has just been two decades of him on his um, lifetime achievement award tour where he's not doing concerts. He's just going to different institutions collecting uh, the it's- Presidential Medal of Freedom. And the uh, you know the Nobel Peace Prize or every other every other award that exists, it seems it's found its way to him. Yeah, I mean, I think he. Uh, what's his? Ne- it's his never ending tour. Oh it's right, yeah, never tour. never ending I, lifetime achievement I think award he, tour. Uh, <laughs> I think he deserves every bit of it. Yeah, but I have yeah. to wonder: does he even does he want to do these things? He looks miserable most of the time. I think the Nobel thing, they made him... He didn't show up. Didn't he, like, write a... Or did he end up doing a show now? I forgot what happened with that. They told him, like, in order to, yeah. like, receive the award, he ended up... He had to either write something, like, write a... An acceptance speech or he something? He wrote an acceptance speech and, like, officially presented it, or he went and he actually did something. Um, I mean, I, don't, I can't think of another artist, lyricist, I guess mm-hmm. you'd say... Who would be more deserving? Mm. Like the closest, I, I think a lot of people would say would be like Leonard Cohen. Oh, okay. Um, that that was actually one of my questions that I had for you. Is there anybody uh, even approaching Dylan's class when it comes to being a lyricist? You know, you mentioned Cohen. I mean, there's John Prine, Gordon Lightfoot. You know, I'm wearing a Bruce Springsteen shirt. Yeah. Neil Young. Um, I, you know, who, uh, well, definitely not Neil Young. Neil Young is probably like by his own ambition. Yeah, yeah. And Neil Young is like the living embodiment of rock and roll. I love Neil Young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not lyrically, not right where, where Dylan is. Um, probably not. Yeah. In terms of because I mean, is it's it's not just the quality, like it's the quantity. The man's put out a hundred albums. I mean, Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson did too, but they didn't write all of them. For sure. You know? For sure. Gotta be careful with that. I mean, like Stephen King's written a lot of books. Uh. It makes Stephen King, the, you know. Yeah, best writer of all time. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, and definitely, I would say there's definitely a lot of stuff. In, 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 like, there's probably a 15 year period where Dylan put out absolute garbage. How about the like, How about the quantity of quality? Yeah. Would Would the amount of like stuff that you would say is like really world class stuff that probably outnumbers the high points of somebody like John Prine? I think, or, I, yeah. And, I, and, and the Cohen. other thing with him too is, I think it's it's. I mean, I know he's always sort of been. People come down on Dylan, he's just good, a good lyricist. But, like, when you look most of the covers, with maybe the exception of, like, All Along the Watchtower, um, but the Hendrix mm-hmm. version specifically, all of, the, all of the, the iterations of his music are, like, very um, straightforward. They're, they're, they're very, in terms oh, of the arrangements, yeah. very similar to what Dylan did. Yeah. Which speaks, I think, to the fact he's, he's musically a good, he's good at arranging music as well. Yeah. Which um, I don't think always gets... I think he, he's salty about the fact that he does not get the credit for that. <laughs> he kind of says so. He read Chronicles. I remember that's one of the things that stood out. He talks so he goes, like, people don't give me the credit for being, like, I, I, want, I want more credit for being, for my music as well. Sure. Because I do all of my own music. Yeah. You know, I arrange all my own music. So let, let's, let's, uh, let's go backwards a little bit. 
And how did you discover Dylan? So the earliest thing I remember was I, so I think it was like 90, maybe we could look it up. I think it was like 93. So it's probably like seven. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it was at my parents, it was at my parents and, and my mom put on the 30th anniversary concert it was on like PBS probably. They always play those. And, uh, I, it was and it was this like all these artists I remember I, who I knew from hearing them on probably, probably WKLH. Oh, Red okay. Redford, there you sister, go for Steve Palak. Um, yeah, um, they like my dad listened to and my mom listened to, and hearing the, those artists performing this guy's music and talking about this guy as if he was almost like a god. Like, yeah, the they, you know we were talking a little bit earlier about that kind of strangulating like you know like <laughs> almost you know like fame. They're, you know, these are the biggest artists in the world. Yeah. And at that time, still probably more relevant than they are now. I mean, they're starting to kind of... Uh, well, I looked at that the guest list, and you have not only, like, no. true rock royalty, but you have contemporary artists. Yeah, I think... I think who have aged very well. I think, yeah, at that time, like, it was like, I think Tracy Chapman was performing. Yep. There, was, I mean, there were a lot of artists who were also relevant at the time as well. Pearl Jam. Was Pearl Jam there? Yeah, yeah. Pearl Jam was there. Yeah, they did... Was that Masters? Did they do Masters? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Masters Awards, great, great cover. Um, or at least Eddie Vedder was there. That's all I need. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry, <laughs> Pearl Jam fans. Sorry, the rest of Pearl Jam. I love Pearl Jam. Um, Pearl Jam was there. Pearl Jam yeah, was there. It was a good mix yeah. of contemporary and true rock royalty. But they're all talking about this guy as if he's like the second coming. And, you know, it stood out. Um, that was the first Dylan album I had was almost all covers. So I bought the 30th anniversary uh, concert at the Sam Goody in Southridge Mall. But <laughs> I was like... Probably 11. <laughs> that mall still stands today, it unlike does, some others in this town. It still stands, although Sam Goody, rest in peace, Sam Goody. R.I.P. Um, yeah. Okay, so you got that CD. Yes. And then what would you do? You wore it out, or did you think, like, i got to find the original, like, the guy who actually... Well, then we start, I mean, because then Dylan's on the album, so it's not just, I mean, he's... Oh, he's, of he, course. Yeah, he's, yeah. Out, he's present, he does his thing. And then after that, I just kind of, and I couldn't tell you the order, but it was just, it was his 60s sort of... Standards. It was like um, it, it, Bob, Bob Dylan, self-titled, 62. You got that one. Oh, yeah. I think I might have the first one I got, but, I mean, definitely that was one of the ones I got because um, I didn't know. Okay. Like, my mom, you know, my mom knew Dylan, liked Dylan. My dad liked the other artists who performed at the concert. They weren't huge, like, Dylan fans. I'm not a huge, huge Dylan fan. Big enough. Yeah. You know? Um, but so I ended up getting that one I ended up getting Bring It All Back Home uh, I like that uh, record it's a great one um, my back pages um, which that's not no I'm sorry that's another side of Bob Dylan that's, that's mm. on that album um, trying to think what else Times They Are Changing okay so 60s primarily the 60s, stuff the 60s stuff yeah I mean it really that was what spoke to me at the time um, you know Disaffected Youth and all that okay <laughs> <laughs> so when was the first chance you got to see him in concert so that was 2003. Well, I mean, when, Early when you 2000s. Had, okay, yeah, so when you, when you school, had... Uh, 2002, 2003. Okay. It was at Eagles Ballroom. Yep. It was wonderful. Um, I, you know, we muscled our way. We got there late, but we were able to just because... Uh, so it was basically, you know, I was in, in, in um, much better shape than I am now. <laughs> and, and me and my buddy threw just, uh, you know, the 100-yard dash with a bunch of, like, 50-year-old women. <laughs> we won. <laughs> And so, <laughs> so it was general, general, general admission. General admission, yeah. So like when we, by the time we, you know, we made it up to the front, and, and you had some bizarre like Dylan like groupies who were there, like oh, these, like older, yeah. like tell me about that. Wearing like a red, like faux fur coat, and she's like, "You see this coat? 
Bop Bop is for me. Did you know? Like, next thing. Like, see how he said, like, they set the stuff up, and she's pointing. She's like, you see how, um, you see how he's, he's got his, and this is when he wasn't playing guitar. Yeah. He's playing guitar again in concert. Okay. For a while he was only doing, for a while he was, maybe he's not, but for a while he was only doing, um, because I think he did when we saw him the second time. He was playing a little bit of guitar. Okay. For a while, he was, his arthritis or something wasn't... Maybe they're, they're shooting hydrochords. <laughs> I don't know what's going on now. But for a while, he was only playing piano. Okay. Or keyboard. And um, she, they set the keyboard up, and she's like, you see that? They set the keyboard up there so Bobby could look at me. Oh, boy. And like, <laughs> I like my buddy Kim. I'm like, Kim, can we just... I don't want to listen to this the entire concert. I'm a bigger Dylan fan than you. Can we just... And he's like, yeah, sure. He probably hit on her then. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> But um, that was bizarre. It was a bizarre sort of... But it, it, the, the big thing with that was um, I was a little, di- I was a little bit uh, weirded out by how physically small he was. I was making jokes. It, it was seeing him in concert for the first time and experiencing it. And this is a guy who's like I, my idol for, for years, like yeah. for at least four years, five years at that point. Influential time period, right? Like middle school and early high school. And like, seeing this tiny little shriveled man who can't even play guitar... And you're up close, too. I I was, yeah, we, we, like I said, we literally, like, it's general admission, and we just booked it, and we're, like, throwing elbows, (laughs) all these boomers, get out of the way, (laughs) (laughs) we made it up to the front, so then I'm up there, and, like, it's just, like, he comes up, I'm like, this is my idol, threw me off, it threw me off for a solid, like, year after that, that really bugged me. Yeah, I shouldn't. I'm not like that, but like it just it really threw me off. Because you you were in high school. Also, he was almost him. impossible to understand. I don't know what was happening ah. at that tour. He got better. He's, he's he's more clear his pronunciation and things. Maybe and honestly, I'm joking around a little bit about his age and stuff. But I almost wonder if there was issues with his teeth or something at the time. <laughs> really, I'm okay. not joking. You're so. Like, this guy's a <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, I almost wonder if like I, I know guys who are like of that age because mm-hmm. he would be. Uh, you know, he's, he's 80, you would have been So you're, you're talking about 65. 60-something, yeah, 65. Yeah. Okay, you know? sure. I mean, it, you know, even when you look at, like, older stuff, like, he's always kind of covering up his teeth. I, I don't know. Hmm. You never know. Okay. You know? So it was sort of marble mouth. It was hard to understand what he was getting out. So a couple of years after that, is that when you saw him with me at Summerfest? Yeah, so I went several years after that. I think we saw We saw him in 09. So six years, probably. Okay. Six, seven years after I saw him. Yeah. What do you remember about that show? And then I'll share because <laughs> I wonder if it's right, if there's much of it. Because <laughs> I can tell you what I remember. So that one. <laughs> yeah. So I do remember all of it. Yeah. I yeah. remember all of it, regardless of what you say about how my my sure. mindset or state when we were there. Um, no, what was interesting there was that the exact opposite experience of my first one. We were incredibly far away. We right. were in the lawn seats over at the Marcus. In Milwaukee, for anyone who's, yeah. Um, sort of really far away. The cheap seats. Yeah. And so, who was it? It was Willie Nelson. I forgot who else was uh, was, was playing as well prior to that. I don't know who, if anybody else played before because it was supposed to be John Mellencamp. They, the three of them went on a, a baseball diamond tour, and okay. the only show on the whole tour that didn't get Mellencamp was us. Milwaukee Summerfest uh, at the Marcus Amphitheater, which is too bad. Because I, I, at the time, I liked Mellencamp more than both, and and I did not think... Too busy uh, giving it to Meg Ryan. Yeah. <laughs> I'm too busy with Meg Ryan right, for yeah. Milwaukee. Sorry, Milwaukee. Um, no, I think um, 
it was just the exact opposite experience where it was we were so far away. Yeah. And 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 the thing that was ridiculous, I think now in hindsight, I don't think he's doing anymore. Was, but and you know this, like what happened was he. Um, so Willie Nelson used the jumbotron that they yep. have there, whatever you want to call it, the big screen. No, no concert effects or anything like that. Just literally video, a video of him yeah. performing. For people like us who can't afford, who were in college and couldn't afford more than like twenty, you know, we were we were scraping together dimes to make the thirty bucks to get into the right. to, to the grass seats, right? <laughs> and Dylan comes on, and the jerk doesn't put on the jumbotron. <laughs> and I go, I thought it was a problem. I wouldn't complain at the. I went about okay. I wouldn't go bought a beer. And then also, while I bought the beer, it was like, hey, someone's wrong with the jumbotron. Because like, no, they're not wrong with the jumbotron. Because did they. The, the artist has said he does not want to use the jumbotron, and I'm like, why? And he goes, I don't know. I guess he says it should be about the experience or something. Yeah. And I'm like, what? So like, I went back to him like, I'm not doing the jumbotron. It was a it was a decision that like, like this is came from the top. Yes. Yeah. I do remember that. That was that was incredibly frustrating because when you're on the lawn at Summerfest, unfortunately, you cannot see the artist, especially if they're stationary and hidden behind a There's, piano. Yes. Like, I, I could see a couple of guys in the band, but I could not see Bob for most of it. And we talked about this after. There's an impulse, and I and I, and I I did, honestly, send him an email. <laughs> yes, tell, tell us about I that. Sent his, I sent his public email. At, okay, so never you never got to tell him, of course. Tell, tell the story. You, you went to his I website. You I found his, his website, found, found the public <laughs> address for it, and then sent him an email and was like, like, I, I, I get the impulse. To have it's like all about the experience. Like this is where to make mm-hmm. this. That's kind of like cool. It's kind of anarchic. It's like yeah. whatever. It's like, but then you sh- you don't take my money then. Like, you don't take any <laughs> of these people's money. Like you want to yeah. you want to make a statement, but you don't. I I, I think it's because you're vain, and I think you don't want people to see your 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 right. like, <laughs> crumbling face on the jumbotron. I didn't say that, but like I, I said, I think it's yeah. your vain. Yeah, vanity. Yeah, it's vanity. I said then you shouldn't take my money, and I said the only people who you're penalizing are your fans who can't afford to, 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 to spend the money to be up close, and like I don't understand. It. And then I also said, and, and and frankly, if 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 that's really your your impulse, then you shouldn't amplify the music either, because what's the difference between oh. putting yourself up on a jumbotron and amplifying the music so I can hear you at the very end of the thing? I, you know, to me it was all about. I think it was all about vanity. I think there's something to that because of all the concerts I've seen, and I've seen a lot in you know the. Well, almost 15 years I've been seeing shows I've known. You've, you've seen your fair share of concerts. I have never experienced that, especially in a big venue where they leave the, the videos off. Never. I mean, that, that's why it exists. The initial impulse is to be like, that's kind of cool. Okay, And I think sure. now, me, because I'm a lot... I make enough money where I'm a lot further uh, down. But then, I, I'm privileged enough now to yes, be able to be like yes. further down and actually able to maybe see right. the artist if they don't put the double trends on. Maybe not. But, um, you know, at, at the age that I was then and, and, and with the, the economic situation I was in at that time, that was just purely punitive for people who were yeah. poor. <laughs> well, that's what, I was, too. I was in college at that time, too. And, yeah, it was like I, I and also was certainly not in the, the headspace at, uh, I guess I would have been 21, uh, that, like, I could appreciate his thinking on that, if he yeah. was genuine and it wasn't vanity. You know, I was 21, and I was just like, well, what the hell? I'm here to see a show. At least put on the Jumbotron so I can, you know. If you don't want the camera locked on you, you got a whole other band, you know. Just put the video on yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. Very weird. And uh, definitely very important. 
and I'm sure he got that email and read it. Because yeah, I think he's doing the... <laughs> he probably put the videos back on, and it might have been because of you. He'll see this. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's Be a, sure to give me give my contact. He, he, <laughs> right, we'll pass that along, and he'll he'll reimburse. Just wanted uh, to say thanks. Hey, <laughs> I've had some time to reflect. Oh God. Yeah, more more good Dylan impressions. That is totally original. You know. Say I want to talk to Samson. So, you do you have a Dylan record collection? I have this record, and I also have this uh, Slow Train Coming record, which I gotta say, you know, I know his, his, his Jesus Freak stuff gets, you know, you know, beat up on. I like this record. That's still 70s, Dylan. Yeah, 79, right. Yeah, that's the it's, end of the good stuff. <laughs> it's got, gotta, you know. It's got, gotta serve somebody on it, which I, is in my top ten for Dylan songs. John Lennon hated that song, but I don't care. Literally, this is why, because it was his, his Jesus Freak um, here is, a, is a slow train coming. <laughs> Once the train this arrives, holy crap! <laughs> it's horrible music. Well, look at the but, back. Yeah, no, it's got the yeah, it's got yeah. the cross and everything. Uh, yeah, anyways, there, the, yeah, there's a lot of it. The, well, we're not going to get into his, his his Jesus period, but like, there's some, not today. Not today. Maybe another time. Oh, yeah. We'll have to table that. What is your Dylan collection, and what did it start with? Yeah. So I got in a weird period when I was, uh, I styled myself a Buddhist for a while. Oh, and boy. I, so I sold off a lot of my Dylan records. Yeah. And have then since had to kind of rebuild my collection. Yeah. So vinyl I've got, um, well, on the tracks, I've got uh, Highway 61. Where is it? I've got, um, which I haven't revisited in a while. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, great. So that's a dad joke. Yep. Sorry for that one. Yeah, that's for all the dads out there. Um, I'm trying to think what else I got. Um, Backyard Billy the Kid. Um, there you go. More because I love the movie. The album's okay. Yeah. That's a great movie. So when you were when you were getting all this stuff the first time, were you actually getting records or were you getting CDs? First time with CDs. Okay. So and then and then vinyl a little bit later. I didn't sell any of the vinyl off. Oh, so smart. Garrett's from like being in high school yeah. and stuff. They didn't make money on vinyl at the time. Right. No one was, no one was listening to vinyl when I was in high school. Yeah. I was an early, I was what you call an early adopter. And it, um, I was too. That's yeah. why I have the record collection I did. I like when, it better when it's cheap. You yeah. Go, you could go to like half price books and pick up stuff for like 59 cents. Yeah. Like a vinyl record. Um, but no, it was great. Um, CDs, I mean, I you know, like I said, all the early Dylan that I mentioned earlier, I've had it. Um, I bought back most of it. Okay. When were you? When were you, so you were like seven when you first saw Dylan yeah. on TV? When did you first start? We, middle school. Okay, okay. When I started getting into him, probably like 12, 13. Okay. For whatever reason, I decided to get into Dylan. So you were big on his '60s stuff. Was yeah. there ever a point where you wanted to see what he was doing currently? Yeah. Okay. What was the first current Dylan record that you got your hands on? Yeah, I mean, so I had. Yeah, I, I think I bought Time Out of Mind after, um, like later on. So the first one I ever bought was um, Love and Theft. Okay. In the store. Yeah. And I can tell you that I know the exact date that I went to go buy Love and Theft. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I drove down on my bike. <laughs> right. I was 15, 14, 15. Okay. Um, on my bike to the Borders. Oh! This is when Borders was still in existence. Yeah, and I, that's gone now. It is very much gone. Yeah. And, like, I like I remember I got there, like, it was right after school. Okay. Like, in my mind, 
everybody was going out for the Nutella. <laughs> but of course, and now we won't laugh about this. Because yeah. Of course, it, no, no, nobody was going out for the, the New Dylan. It was a ghost town because that was September 11th of 2001. Right. That Love and Theft <laughs> uh, was released, and uh, nobody's on the streets hardly. It was bizarre, and I just remember like around the bike. Gotta get that Dylan. <laughs> Was this so? This would have been no. This this was after school. So it was after school. It was a bizarre. No, but I always remember like it was September 11, two thousand one, yeah. because it was like that was the day. That, that was the release date. They released it. Okay. Did you listen to it that day? Oh yeah. Okay. Like three times I listened to it. Were you really picturing like a line out of the door? In at my the... mind, it was like <laughs> this is gonna be hot. <laughs> I don't know. Like in my mind, it was like he's still a big artist. In my, in, it, I'm thinking like yeah. Um, so you know and. Yeah, that was before streaming. I mean, of course, before, it wasn't yeah. before streaming. This under Napster was around for sure, but it was before. I mean, certainly like like grow like Dylan's target audience wasn't streaming that much. Probably. Okay, so I'm like in my mind, it was like, oh, there might be some people parents age like a lot of thing, and so like, what? Well, yeah, I remember like like just taking my yeah my little trick bike, my little GT Dino, <laughs> going down the hill to go and get it. You're a big fan of Bob. Oh. Are there not just songs here and there, or maybe records? Is there anything he's done that you have a strong dislike of? Is there anything he's put out that you know, or said, or done, or anything that just turned you off and you're it is, was just like, what the hell is this? Yeah, well, he didn't put the, the damn joke. Oh, sure. <laughs> the thing. I wrote him. That yes, is honestly okay. like the biggest. That's thing. No, yeah. Um, I stepped on a rake there. No, I mean, okay, outside yeah, of that. No, so he. Most of his, I'll be honest with you, most of his, like, public stuff that he's said and done, I like. I, even his, like, whole Christian periods, it's like, okay, he's a, he's a, he's evolving. Yeah. Like, I, what, the thing I really like about Dylan is that he unapologetically just changes and then makes no reference or anything to what he previously did, but incorporates it, I think, succinctly into what he's currently doing. Yeah. Like, when he went to, like, when he found God, whatever, <laughs> when, he, when he went to, no, but, like, in all, in all honesty... He seemed to absorb, like, he, 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 he went away from that after three albums. Yeah. And in his personal life, he walked away from, like, the born-again belief system, seemingly. Yeah. Right? But seems to have incorporated a lot of the, the imagery and the words and the, the lyrics and stuff. That He incorporated a lot of that biblical imagery uh, from the New Testament and Old Testament. I think Revelation, specifically, he seems to be really, which I think a lot of great writers are influenced by the book of Revelation. Anyways, but he absorbed it into his current way in which he writes, I think. You can still hear that. Um, so I don't have any problem with like any of the, I don't, any of his public statements, none of it really bothers me. He was a little dicey with like the Beatles. He was kind of a jerk to like Lennon. Oh, but you're talking about back in the day. Oh, way back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, and I think they were kind a little bit with him, they were a little bit jerks to him because it was kind of like, I think very similar to my thing was like, I think they were like seeing a guy who they kind of idolized yeah. and then he's this creepy little drunk high dude who can't barely function and oh, say anything puking and stuff I think out the window of the there, there's the, that the, famous the, video yeah yeah, yeah. It's like, the I think they're kind of thinking the same thing it's like oh, god this is yeah. <laughs> you know well you sent me that video of him and Donovan arguing and no, that's, that's great I that's like that's one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my life let's do that glass in the street yeah, this is who did it this now you better tell me man. if somebody don't tell me who did it you're all gonna get the fuck out of here and never come back now who did it I don't care yeah. who did it, man. I just want to know who yeah. did it. I agree. Nah, nah, come on. I was out there. I don't care who was out there. Hey, don't, I don't want no, none, of your, none of your shit, man. You're I'm not glass in the street. 
What'd you do it for, man? What'd you throw a glass in the street? I didn't throw a glass in the street. Well, show me the person that did. If you don't have him here, man, I'm not going to tell him. You better take responsibility for it. All right, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. You got him here? No. I wouldn't. Hey, man, I'm not kidding you. I'm going kidding. He's going to clean up that glass, man. I'll clean it up. I'll clean up your glass, man. I didn't throw any fucking glass in the street, man. You know, if I had, and I wanted to believe it. Well, who did, man? That's what I'm talking about, though. So. The other thing I was talking about with, with the Beatles, that is, it is what it is. I think that's yeah. just, he just had a little too much to whatever, whatever it, was, yeah. it is what it is. The Donovan thing is that Midwest, like, hey man, yeah, don't throw, <laughs> like, don't throw a glass out the window. They're gonna think I did it, and they're gonna be mad at me about it, and my people, and I'm just, I don't, I want to know who did it. Yeah, don't throw glass. He's yeah, so he, not rock star at all. Like, right, you got like the Eagles throwing like, you know. TVs and mattresses and whatever out into the pool. Keith Richards. And like... Now. <laughs> yeah. He threw the glass. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me. It makes me like him. That, the, That's the rural guy from Minnesota. That's what I'm talking about. You know what? I, like I, I absolutely uh, am with you on that because it is. It is so not what you would expect from a rock star. And, you know, that sort of points to a bigger question, like, uh, is it right to call Dylan a rock star? And and would you say he is uh, appropriately labeled classic rock? Yeah. It's because, like, I mean, it's such a varied genre anyways. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think if, if his old, if his fans from the folk idiom and genre are going to throw him away because of what he did in 65, oh, yeah. you know... At Newport, Newport, right? Yep. It's at Monterey earlier. It's Newport. Um, I think it's, uh, I think it's, it's only appropriate that you would include him. Also, the level of influence he's had on, I mean, artists is varied as, I mean, God, the Birds, the Beatles, the Stones, the all the way up through. I mean, in the '90s, P.J. Harvey, Rage Against the Machine, Pearl Jam. I mean, the level of influence he's had on like these artists who. Are, are define what the classic rock genre idiom is is uh, I think uh, you know yeah he's well put he's well put he's and, well put and, 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 and classic also, rock has certainly embraced him and, and 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 said like oh yeah he's one of us yeah and also I think his music is I mean you say he's folk he's not they're definitely I mean especially in the 70s his, his stuff definitely yeah I mean he does country albums too I mean yeah. you could, you could Yep, Nashville Skyline. Charlie Daniels is on that one. Uh, I mean, Nash is on that one. Oh, right, that's right. Yeah, what am I saying? A much better country artist uh, there. You know, his his uh, '80s record Infidels has definitely got a a rock and roll Mm -hmm. vibe to that. So, very good. Okay, Traveling Wilburys. Oh, of course, of course. Put some right in there with you know. I was going to bring up the Wilburys because that's another interesting project that I don't know that a lot of people realize. That is almost. I mean, the singles aren't. But the album cuts on both of those records, Dylan sings lead on almost all of them. Like they all deferred. They to were him. like, especially I, after Roy died. Yeah, I feel like the, I feel like the guys in that band were like, okay, we got all these wonderful artists. Yeah. Like for vocals, we need quality. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, Dylan. Yeah, we're looking at you, Bobby. Yeah. And he's like, I'm happy. To <laughs> step up in the monkey then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh man. I mean, those are still good records, but it is very weird that Jeff Lynne and George Harrison, who have both very 
you know, and, and even Roy, Roy only sings lead on one in the first record, all, you know, better vocalists, I think, but they he's, all deferred. He's got a certain, it's okay, he's monotone in a sense. Yeah. There's a definite, like, monotone quality to Dylan's voice. I still think he emotes. I think you listen to some oh. of his stuff, it's better than the covers, certainly better than the covers in terms of the emotional connection with the artist that you get. Um, so, like, he's not a horrible... I don't... He gets maligned too much as a vocalist. He's got some... If, yeah, if you're not... Consider miss, man. There's some stuff. I mean, maybe maybe it's abrasive to people who are real... And this was the case for me for years as just a strictly a casual sampler who's not listening to the lyrics not particularly open to really feeling anything at the moment, just wants to have something on, you know, yeah, that's not the right context to listen to him, I guess. Any Anyone who thinks he can't emote and he can't, like, produce an emotional sure. response, isn't, um, listen to The Lonesome Death of Hattie Carroll. Okay, we got a recommendation. There you go. So on the note of recommendations, because I think we're going to start wrapping it up here, give me, let's say your three top, your top three favorite Dylan records. Right. Desert Desert Island Records, get three of them. Tell you what, I'll go first. I'll let you mull it over. Yeah, I know. i got to think about okay. it. You've been thinking about this. So, yeah, because I've, I've listened to a lot of Dylan yeah, yeah, recently. Yeah. Well, one of them is this one right here. I love Blood on the Tracks. That's, that's, a, that's a good record. I also really like Bringing It All Back Home. I think that's of his 60s output. I like that one a lot. And my Dark Horse Wild Card is what I mentioned earlier. I really liked Infidels. It's a good one. Yeah. Um, I'm a big fan of Desire. Okay. Um, yeah. Seventies Dylan. I'm a huge fan of, and this is this is kind of the dark horse, I guess, because it's it's Dylan and the band. Um, it's from the sixties. It was done in. The, I mean, it was released in the seventies, um, which is the Basement Tapes. I, I really like that. That genre of music is fantastic. That's also a mountain of music, right? Isn't that like a four disc set? It's a. It's a I think it was four. It might have been four uh, records. Four records. Okay, two. Di- okay. I think it's never, two never mind that. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still a big. It's a big album. Yeah. Is the point. Um, it's a lot of traditional music. It's a lot of stuff that they did that kind of sound like traditional music. Um, and it's, it's frankly, a lot of the music's bizarre. And it's kind of an ode to, um, I can't think of it now, the, uh, the Folkways, um, the collection of American music that was like, hugely influential. I cannot think of the name of it now. Um, you put it, put it in the... I'll put it in post. Put it, put it in post. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's right here. <laughs> I, own, I own, yeah, yeah, yeah. I own it too, which is sad. I just can't think of it. it I don't know why. Um, but this anyways. is a record of his, and you can't think of it. No, 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 no. no. It's a, it's a record. I'm saying it influenced heavily by. It's, it's like called Old Weird America. Is what oh, Neil, okay. Uh, Grill Marcus called it, which is like this sort of like the bizarre music that was put out, like folk music from like the 30s, 40s. Okay. And anyways, a hugely influential folk, rock. Blues. I mean, every every genre was represented. It's bizarre. It's really cool. Okay. Yeah. It's Folkways put it out. Smithsonian put it out. I just can't think of the actual title. Of gotcha. It. Gotcha. We'll we'll, um, we'll get it. So yeah. So Basement Tapes, Desire, and then probably, um, you know, as an out. Al- the problem is like my, my my favorite Dylan song is not. That's represented. gonna be the next question. Is, uh, I'll leave it alone. Then uh, then Subterranean Homesick Blues or um um Bring It All Back Home. Oh, okay, there we go. I was just going to say, that's on, yeah, 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 very cool. All right, well, then uh, how about we go to songs instead of one. Let's do top five favorite songs. Not necessarily best, not necessarily recommendations. Top five that mean the most to you. Because that's what I put down. The ones that that stick out to me, uh, 
knocking on heaven's door. I hadn't heard it in a while. I thought that one would have slipped out because you know that that was the one I always said was my favorite. But I re-listened to it uh, earlier this week, and that one moves me. Like that that registers. I really love that one. Rainy day woman number twelve and thirty-five. I know that's. <laughs> I know that's like sounds like a joke song, but to me that's the closest. Bob ever got to like a party song like I've played that at parties and it's fun I remember uh, I saw Joe Walsh in concert and he played that music while the band came out into the stage and it was like set the mood and it was really fun so I know I know it's a silly song but I get a kick out of it Tangled Up in Blue mentioned that one earlier yeah. that's just a good old fashioned rock and roll song I, I get into that one a lot I forgot how much I liked Hurricane song that's desire yeah and that that's an epic one it's like eight minutes long uh that's heavy lyrics in that one but again rock and roll thought-provoking i enjoy that one a lot and then of course my dark horse song comes from my dark horse record union sundown (laughs) i know all the all the true dylan fans at home right now are are thinking like i am the worst fan no i think a lot i I think a lot of them probably like yeah uh, the true true the, the the real yeah, the real diehards, the the fifty year old woman yeah. who Dylan like uh, set up the stage for her. She's at home. I converted home. <laughs> for him, and then I left the church after he left. Yeah, like, yeah I love Slow Drink coming. <laughs> well, I would have said Joker Man forever because I also really like Joker Man. But like Union Sundown has got a little more rock and roll that I like. What's the one? Every grain of sand from uh, that was his the that was his uh, was the third. What's the third in his trilogy of? Oh, uh, uh, you have saved Slow Train coming. Oh shoot! Oh, Shot man. of love. Shot of love. Is every grain correct? Sand, or is it, that's on uh, Shot of Love, isn't that? I think every grain of sand. I believe that's correct. That's a great freaking song. Okay, I, I I love that song. So yeah, it's definitely not my favorites, but like, it's a good song. There, there were a couple of tracks on yeah. Saved that I yeah, I actually really liked, and yeah. uh, you know, sounds good. Yeah. Okay, so there All you right. go. So there are my five so, wild picks. What what are what are five? That, it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't so have to be. spoke to me. Yeah. The, right. Uh, my back page is is probably number one. I just I even when I was younger I, I respected the, the the ideas behind that song about like you look back at what you've done and, and the 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 um like the the strength and the of your belief and you're like this is ridiculous like why did you ever Subterranean Homesick Blues is up there and yeah, this is in no particular order um, right yeah same oh man Isis love Isis that's what I'll oh boy I better not take that clip out of context. <laughs> Just a two-second clip of I love ISIS. <laughs> love ISIS. You do this to all of, anytime you're a guest on another podcast. I know you just make work for their. Anyone who knows me knows like I don't feel this way at all. all right. I like to just anyways. Um, ISIS, I think is a great song. Um, despite the unfortunate title, right? <laughs> yep. Um, that is a song title. Rec- recorded uh, decades before it was ever anything. It's not else. an acronym. It's the Egyptian goddess. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> And don't get mad at the TV show Archer either, okay? Yeah, that was also right. way before. His version of Forever Young, I think, is... Oh! A lot of people, I think, like, you know, they think it might be a little, little cheap or something because, like, Rod Stewart kind of... Uh, of course, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Rod. That. Thanks, Rod. I love Rod Stewart, actually. I just yeah. thought that choice. Um, wiggle, wiggle. You know what? No. <laughs> uh, actually, uh, things have changed. Oh. The Waterboy soundtrack is up there. I love that song. Uh, I used to care. Yeah, things have changed. It's kind of you, you might get dark. That's a great album. That, a great, uh, great song. It's yeah, a great song. Yeah, I enjoyed that one too. Awesome. 
All right. Well, we've gone on for about an hour here. You know, we, we, we like the bourbon. Well, Heaven's Door, uh, Dylan's bourbon, is spectacular. It, it's okay. an excellent bourbon. You know, I've definitely listened to a lot of Dylan in the last uh, couple of weeks. I, I think he's a fascinating artist. It was very fun to hear your perspective because you've been a lifelong fan of his. Thank you for coming on. I Thank you for having me. All right. One last time. Oh, hey, you man. don't have any. No, 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 we're good. All right, cheers. How <laughs> ah, that burns. And there you go. We tried the whiskey and talked about Dylan. Mission accomplished. I have to thank Chris for joining me and for being such a fun guest. If you enjoyed that conversation, I do have some good news. Chris and I were really happy with how it turned out. And because of that, he's agreed to return to the show for a series of more in-depth conversations about Bob Dylan in the future. I can't say too much about it now because we're still figuring out the details of how that's going to work, but keep an eye out for more Dylan conversations with Chris starting probably next month. And then other things you can look forward to from this show. As I've said earlier, we have an episode about Steppenwolf coming up. I have some more interviews coming down the pipeline. I can't announce who they are just yet because we're still sorting out those details. And on the heels of this whiskey sampling, I've arranged to do a Rockstar beer sampling with a different friend of mine. I'm hoping that's going to be a lot of fun too, so stay tuned for that. And since Chris is not on social media, I would just implore you to remember the big four things you can do to support this show. One, listen to this show. Hey, if you're at this part already, you did it. Thank you for that. If you enjoyed it, the second thing you can do is to recommend this show to family, friends, anyone you know who's looking for a podcast, particularly one about music. Post us on social media threads or in subreddits. Whatever you can do to get the word out, it is much appreciated. Three, find us on social media. Like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and of course, subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's more than just show postings. There's a lot of great stuff on all three platforms. And then of course, the biggest ask of them all, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. That is so helpful in the early days of a show like this. And if you can just take a moment to even give us a nice rating, it would be much appreciated on my end. So if you have a moment, please do that. Otherwise, I just want to say thanks again for tuning in, and I'm going to play us out with one of Dylan's best songs that Chris mentioned a little while ago. Enjoy. Yes, my guard stood hard when abstract threats Too noble to neglect Deceived me into thinking I had something to protect Good and bad I define these terms Quite clear, no doubt, somehow Ah, but I was so much older than I'm younger than that now It's NFL draft season and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.